Welcome to Genesee Valley Church, where we are loving God, loving people, and loving life. This is the year 2022, and this is the year that you are going to bring change into your life. We are praying and believing that this year helps you develop a heart of God for yourself, for your home, and for your family. We know that you will be blessed by the message and the word that God has for you today. Let us help you answer your call and make this your year. pursue God passionately. This is the year that my marriage gets on fire. This is the year that my home finds harmony. This is the year that I experience financial stability. This is the year that I fulfill the plan of God for my life. Maybe this is the year that I'm going to answer the call. people in the culture of today in this nation do not know about Jesus and that seems so foreign to me because church is what I do God is what I do and so there becomes this expectation that I have as a pastor that you want people to look a certain way or church to look a certain way but once again you understand that we're living in a world that just doesn't know that there is a God that loves them and sent Jesus to die for them. And that's why we are so vital to uh, uh, share the good news of the gospel, to, to share the love of God, to share and spread the light of the gospel. Amen. Are you here this morning? That's our heart and that's our desire to know that. And so again, with that being said, when it comes to the church, we've got to be a little bit gracious. How many of you grew up in church? Wave at me if you grew up in church. Okay, a good majority of you have. Well, how many of you know that when it comes to people coming to, to know Jesus, sometimes it can get a little messy looking? You know, because they come out of their life and, and they might have just received Jesus and maybe they've had a rough background. And, and they come into church and you're expecting them to act like Mr. and Mrs. Christian man or woman. But they don't know what that looks like. And so we got to be able to extend grace to them. Does that make sense? You know, I've got some friends up in Traverse City. They pastor a church up there. And uh, there, was some, uh, there were some ladies that came in, and they were homosexual. And they were married, and they started attending the church. And they loved the church. And then during one of the services, they actually raised their hand and received Christ. And they kept coming back, kept coming back, kept coming back. And then finally one day they said, you know, we would like to get involved and serve if we could. And so they said, okay, well, we want to have a conversation with you first and just kind of explain some things. And so they met with them and they said, now listen, we love you. And you've received Christ and you're a part of this church family. And we want to get you involved. But listen, we just want to let you know this is our stance and this is what we believe. And so we just wanted to make sure that there was no misconception or misconceived ideas as to what we believe or how we stand or our convictions concerning the Word of God. And one of the women said, we so appreciate you taking the time to express that. And furthermore, she said, one of the things that we struggle with and have struggled with is our identity. 
And now they're in church discovering their, their identity in Christ and beginning to grow. Amen. But wouldn't it be so easy for us religious church folk to say, ha, I think that they're kind of uh, swinging that way and stand off in the corner and give them that self-righteous con condemnation or con condemning look at them and like, who, who, who are you? Why are you coming to this church for? We don't, we don't accept people like you. Yes, we do. Are you here this morning? And so once again, when we begin to see God move in this hour, the church is going to get a little bit messy. And we've got to be willing to love people where they're at. Amen. And so once again, because of the hour that we're living, and again, I don't know why we got off on this tangent, but nevertheless, we'll bring it back into what we're sharing this morning because once again, God's wanting to reach this world, but he's wanting to shake up the church as well. Amen. So we're starting a brand new series today, and it's called Factory Reset. Factory Reset. Now, that will make a little bit more sense to you as we uh, uh, continue with the message this morning. But with that being said, just to kind of use an example to kind of paint the picture of a factory reset, has anybody ever purchased a computer before? Yeah? If you've, if you've ever bought a computer, raise your hand. Maybe just about everybody in here with the exception of a few people. Now, I don't know about you, but, you know, when it comes to being in ministry or just, you know, doing business or the work of ministry, having a computer is something that is, is very needful in our everyday work life, for our, our, our practical life, for that matter. And we have went through computers after computers after computers all through the history of our uh, existence as a church business. In fact, one of the greatest turnovers in computers is the, the, the tech department because there's always new things that are coming up that the computers can't handle. So there's always a turnover, right? And so I don't know, again, whether or not you use your computer on a regular basis, but over time, there's, there, there's come times when I've needed a new computer. Now, before I get to the new buying the new computer, I try to fix the old computer that I have. And the, the computer is just not running the way that it needs to run. It seems to be slow. It seems to be uh, clunking along. It just seems like it won't do or uh, work the way I need it to or as efficiently as I want it to. And therefore, I start getting frustrated. Right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? And it certainly isn't the way it worked when you first got it. In fact, I've had this just about every single time whenever I bought a computer. They said, this computer is the fastest, the best. You'll never need to upgrade again in your entire life. This will handle everything that you ever need to have handled, and you'll just be satisfied with this. And that's just not the truth. You know what I mean? And so, as I begin to take it to uh, the place to get it fixed or looked at, there's a couple things that begin to become apparent. If you don't know anything about computers, some of you will understand what I'm saying. Some of you might say, this sounds Greek to me. It's all right. We'll explain it to you later. But, you know, when it comes to having a computer, you know that as you start working on your computer and going online and on the webs, websites of different things, you know, you'll find that all of a sudden there's cookies that get attached to your computer. Right? 
Those cookies are things that attach itself, programs and websites and information that attaches itself to your computer. And every time it attaches a cookie, now again, I might not be completely accurate in my explanation of it, but every time a cookie is attached to your computer, it starts to slow down your com computer. And then obviously, you know, you add apps or uh, programs to your, uh, your computer. You, you download software. And every time you add something to it, you want it to bring benefit to you. But oftentimes, it begins to slow the process down because you're adding to the overall functionality of your computer. And then as you're on the website, you know, you might find that you have an email that don't look familiar and so you click on the email and before you know it you got malware and bugs and all kinds of stuff that are attached to your computer and you know again it just messes the whole process up anybody know what I'm talking about anybody ever clicked on a email and it was divisive and it messed things up well once again if you work on computers for any length of time you'll know that that's the that's the case and it just takes one and so you try to get your computer to work like it needs to because it's just not functioning the way that it used to. So you take it to the place and say, I need you to fix my computer. Well, one of the things that they'll do, they'll say, you know, here's what we're going to do. We're going to download all your files, everything that's in the memory of your files. And then here's what we're going to do. We're going to defrag it maybe. And then we might have to just totally wipe it out and do a factory reset. We'll reset it back to the way that it was in the very beginning, and then we'll add or put back on the programs that you once had on there. And because we factory reset it like it was in the beginning, it becomes or it will run a whole lot better for you. Anybody ever had to do that before? I've done that a number of times, and it works for about two minutes, and then after that, it's just not the same again. Yeah. But here's the thing. When they do the factory reset, what they're oftentimes doing is reducing it or bringing it back to the very beginning of its simplest form. And when it was at its simplest form was when it operated the best. And it wasn't until you started adding to all the memory of the computer, all the stuff, all the things you even forgot about that you're stuffing and storing and packing away into your computer, and then all the games and all the stuff that you want to add to it, it just slows it down, right? In its simplest form, it works great, but the more that we add to it, it doesn't function the way that it was. Hand me my phone for a minute, if you will. In regards to this, these phones, everybody's got a cell phone nowadays. In its simplest phone, or in its simplest form, what is this thing supposed to be? What is it? A computer, but in its simplest form. Telephone. In its simplest form, this thing was meant to be a, a, a telephone. But we've added to it and expanded it, put apps and games and all kinds of stuff. And they're wonderful devices. But in its simplest form, the only thing that it was meant to be was a telephone. But it's become so much more. Now let me ask you the question. If all this ever was was a simple telephone, how much time would you invest in it?
not much. Now, I'm not going to ask you about you, but I can only talk about me. This phone or this device, we'll call it a device. This device has a phone in it, but there is so much on it and that has been added to it from me that I find myself being consumed by this little device. And it was never meant to be that way. Amen? And there's been times because of what I've added on here. There's things that have went wrong. You take it back in. Need a factory reset. What's factory reset? Bringing it back to its simplest form. Amen? Are you tracking with me this morning? See, God wants us to come to a place in our lives where we'll stop all the busyness and come to a place where we'll say, I need a factory reset and go back to the beginning where it was simple, where it was easy, where it wasn't complicated, and therefore I'll live my best life. Do you realize that God never meant for this Christian life to be difficult, hard, or complicated? But we have sure complicated it. Amen? And so I want to draw your attention, if you will, turn in your Bibles to first, or not first John, John chapter 1. John chapter 1. And as I said, we're going to just really lay some foundation things this morning that are going to take us on multiple rabbit trails and journeys on this next series. And I believe it's going to help us, again, grow and develop and live the the life that God desires for us. All right, in John chapter 1, starting in verse 1, It says, are you there? I think it's up on the screen. Let's read it together, the first three words. You ready? Read. In the beginning. No, let's just read the first three words. Let's do it again, all right? You got to follow instructions. You got to listen. In fact, what it was is you was messing with your phones during the whole church service, right? Yeah, that's what it was, all right? All right, let's read together. When I say read, the first three words, read. In the beginning, stop. In the beginning, in the very beginning before all the busyness, in the beginning before everything became complicated, in the beginning when things were in its simplest form, right? So if we're seeing these words in the beginning, you could simply say it this way, factory reset, I need to pay attention to this because here's a factory reset in the beginning. All right, let's continue. In verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. So notice it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, it says that in verse 3, it says, or excuse me, in the verse 2, it says, let me read it again, just to bring it to your attention. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. So, who is the He referring to? The He is referring to the Word, correct? So, who is the He, or who is the Word? Jesus. In the beginning was Jesus. And the Bible says that Jesus 
is the Word. And Jesus, the Word, was with God, and He was God. And then it goes on to say in verse 2, and it says then that He was also with God. So, the beginning or the factory reset that brings us down to a simple definition of how we are to connect with God is through the Word of God. Amen? The Word of God, which is Jesus, will connect you with Jesus. And so, in order for us to grow and to develop and to mature as a child of God, as a person that's a follower of Christ... The Word of God must be a part of our life. Because it says, the Word of God. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Right? And so, therefore, you cannot know Jesus any better than you know the Word of God. I'm going to say that again. Because as I said to you starting out, I am not content with just us being baby Christians around here. It's time for us to grow up. And if you've just started coming and you just received Christ, wonderful. It's time to start going to school. Because when you go to school, you grow. So he said that the only way or to the greatest degree that you know the Word of God is to the degree that you'll know Jesus. Amen. So let me just be real frank with you. Again, this is just up in your face. And it's not to be... Uh, uh, belligerent or to be condescending to you. But if the word of God is not a part of your life, if the word of God is not something that you feed on or ingest or listen to or give place to in your life, you do not know Jesus. Now, I didn't say that you weren't born again or didn't receive Christ. Because you can ask Jesus into your heart and he can live and dwell in here. But just because he lives in here does not mean that you know him. And the only way that you can know him is through the word of God. Amen. Now I share this with you, uh, 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 our, our uh, team this morning as we are getting ready to just again talking about serving and just investing I shared this with him that yesterday I went fishing. And I was actually going to go turkey hunting. But I saw that the weather was going to be good. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to go fishing. So I got up at 3.30 in the morning. Got the boat ready. Got everything loaded up. Headed down to Detroit. I was out there on the water by, I don't know, 6 o'clock, 6.30 or so. And fished all morning long. We put... Gas in the boat, bought bait, did all kinds of things, lost all kinds of lures. And every time you lose a lure, that's money. And I didn't catch a stinking fish. The only thing I caught was a little bit of sun. You know what I mean? But now, was I disappointed? Well, I was disappointed I didn't catch any fish. But I still enjoyed myself. Because I was out in the weather, I was out fishing, just having good fellowship. It was just enjoyable. My point is this. I will do or invest in what I want to or something that has value to me. Getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning was not a big deal. I'm like, I want to go fishing. So I did what I wanted to do and I did what was necessary to do it, right? So for us to say, I love Jesus. Oh, I love God. 
Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm so in love with Jesus. But if you never spend time in the Word of God or investing the Word of God into your life, those are empty words. And once again, I'm not saying that to be mean. It's just fact. Because the Bible says that Jesus is the Word. And therefore, I can only know Jesus as well as I know the Word. Can somebody say amen? amen? All right, so let's continue to read here. Let me read this again. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Verse 3, all things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. Verse 4, in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shined in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. So let's just dissect that just a little bit. Notice it says here again that Jesus is the Word. Let me also bring this to your attention that it says that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. Romans 10, 17 says that, we, uh, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if I connect those two scriptures together, that Jesus is the word and Jesus is the author and the finisher of my faith, and the only way that I can have faith is through the word of God, that means that my relationship through the word of God gives me a relationship with Jesus. Amen. Am I making this too complicated? You getting it? All right, okay, just want to make sure. All right, once again. He says, in him was life. Now, here's what you've got to understand. It says, in him was life. That word life is zoe, the God kind of life. You remember it says over in John chapter 10, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly or life to the full. That word life, once again, is the zoe life or the God kind of life. Well, how can I experience the God kind of life that Jesus came to give me? It can only happen when I begin to have the Word of God as a part of my life. Because I begin to understand who Jesus is. And not only that, I begin to understand who God is. And I begin to have a relationship with Him. And my faith begins to grow. And I begin to grow in the things of God. Why? Because the Word of God is necessary for me to know who Jesus is. Amen. And the word will produce the God kind of life in my life. Now you say, well, what's the big deal about that? It is the thing that separates people that are just average church attenders or an average uh, Christian, if you will, versus somebody that is actually growing in God. It's the difference between somebody that goes around and says, I don't know why God never answers my prayers. I don't know why it seems like all these bad things happen. I guess God just don't want me to have the good things in life. And then you'll see somebody else. Oh, praise the Lord. God is so good. Oh, my goodness. God blessed me and God did this. And oh, praise the Lord. I led somebody to Jesus. And it's like night and day. And both of them would call themselves Christians. But there's one that is experiencing life and one that is just going through the muddy grubs of life. Right? What makes the difference? The Word of God. The factory reset, bringing it back to the simplest form of having a relationship with God, is the Word of God. Amen. Now let me just say something again that just kind of up in your business. 
And this might offend you, and it's not said with the, the, the intent to offend you, but to help you understand. The way that, or a part of way that, that you receive information about the Word of God is through the local church, right? And, again, it's part of our Christianity. And so you have all kinds of people that never go to church. And they'll say, I'm a Christian. You can't be a Christian and not go to church. It's impossible. Now, you might say or believe in God and believe in Jesus. You may have asked Jesus into your heart. You may have received salvation. But if you don't attend church, you cannot be a Christian because a Christian is a Christ follower. And the book of Revelation says that Jesus dwells in the assembly of his people together in the church. So if we're going to follow Jesus or be a follower of Christ, then on Sunday morning when the church doors open, he's in church. So if he's in church and I'm a follower of Christ or a Christian, I'm going to be where he's at. Amen. Now, again, I'm not saying that you have the, you know, occasional where you're going on vacation. I understand that. I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying people that say, oh, you know, I don't need church. Don't go to church. You know, once in a blue moon kind of church type thing. Listen, you cannot be a Christian and not go to church because Jesus goes to church. Are you doing all right? Whew, I'm telling you what. I don't know if I'm just hot because I'm under the lights or if I'm feeling all just this, this. Listen, we're growing in God. Amen. Amen. All right. So God wants us to grow in our relationship with him. So once again, you'll only know God as well as you know Jesus. I said that Jesus came to give the God kind of life. But did you also notice it says that when the life came, that the life came and brought the light and the darkness did not comprehend it. So Jesus, when he came on the scene here, he brought the light with him. And the darkness did not know that it was Jesus. Now, why is that significant? Because I believe that we're going to see many parallels in this hour, in this day and age of the church as we did when Jesus first came. Because in fact, the Bible tells us that in the last days before Jesus comes, that it is going to become very dark. And it says here that the darkness was great and the darkness did not receive him. I already said to you that in regards to this culture that we're living in, this culture does not receive or comprehend the light. Hello? I'll even go on to say that when it comes to the local church, the people of God, there's not a whole lot of people of God that actually comprehend the light that comes through Jesus. And if Jesus is the word, then part of the light is going to come through the word of God. Amen. And what is the light? The light is the revelation of who he is. And so therefore, we've got so many people that are attending church, but they're beat up, struggling in life. And it's only because they don't know what the word or Jesus said concerning them. And therefore, they're walking in and living in darkness. And the darkness doesn't mean that they're just living in 
you know, evil. It just means that they're not walking in the light of God's word. Are you here this morning? God wants us to grow and understand in this hour, in this time, he wants us to experience the God kind of life. Amen. Now, once again, I'm running short on time here, so let me just hurry up a little bit if we can. It says that the darkness did not comprehend it. But it goes on to say in John chapter 3, verse 19, it says that men love darkness rather than light. Once again, is that not the culture that we're living in today? That was the same culture that Jesus was living when Jesus showed up on the scene. Is not our culture today saying we love darkness more so than light? Sure we are. But that only means that the light's going to shine brighter. And who's he going to shine the light through? You and me. Amen. The more that we begin to grow in our relationship with Jesus, the brighter we're going to shine. Amen. How many of you ever changed light bulbs in your house before? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, just yesterday, I was downstairs doing some studying, and, and the light bulbs in the office down there, there were some old light bulbs that were in there, and they were doing all right, but I just bought some new ones. I thought, you know what? I'm just going to put some new ones in there. They're a little bit cooler, kind of like this. You know, I say cooler, uh, that bluish light, a little brighter. I said, I'm going to put those new light bulbs in there. Man, it changed the whole look of the room when I put in a different light bulb. Why? Because it had a different cast of light to it, and it was brighter. Listen, what God's wanting you to do, you are the light of the world and you have been shining bright, but God's wanting to do a work on the inside of you that he just lights you up. You might have been burning at a thousand lumens. He's wanting to light you up at 5,000 lumens. That way you're seen from a long ways off that they know Jesus. Amen. God's wanting us to grow. He's wanting us to have a factory reset that we come back to the basics of knowing him. Amen. All right, so again, continuing on this journey of John chapter 1. If you recall, the Bible speaks of, and again, for the sake of time, I won't have you turn to all these verses. You can look them up if you will. But the Bible tells us that John the Baptist was preaching the kingdom of God. He was saying, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. That is the message of this hour. Repent, get right with God, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus is coming. And oh my goodness, I, 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 there's such a stirring on the inside of me that the time is soon. It might be a year, it might be two years, it might be five years, but I know it is soon. It's going to be coming very soon, and I will see it because of the hour of darkness that we're living in. Right? And John the Baptist, the Baptist, in that season and time of great darkness, was saying, the kingdom of God is at hand. He was saying, the light is coming. But as he's preaching that message, one day, as he's preaching the message of the kingdom, he sees Jesus coming, and he says, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. A couple of verses down, it goes on to say, he says, he was with me all along, and I didn't know it was him. A couple of verses down, he says it again. He said, Jesus was right with me, and he says, I didn't know it was him. 
But did you know who John the Baptist was to Jesus? They were family. I said they were family. And even though they were family, him knowing Jesus, he missed it. Didn't know that Jesus was right in the midst of the family. Isn't that sad that many times the local church, the family of God, doesn't recognize that Jesus is in the midst and wanting to do some things because of just being a little bit unaware. But he says, now I see. He says, now I see. This is Jesus, the Son of God, that's here to take away the sins of the world. How many of you know that familiarity can cause you to get into formality? And as a result of formality and familiarity, you can miss what God's wanting to do. You can come to church out of formality. You can come to church and say, well, I'm familiar about what we do. And leave here being the same. I don't come here just to see you all. I love seeing your faces. I love it when you come. I love interacting and fellowshipping with you. But the reason that I come is because Jesus is here. And every time that we come, the word of God is preached and we're growing because we're hearing the word of God and we're experiencing Jesus. Every time that we assemble together, the Bible says that Jesus fellowships and walks among the congregation. Jesus is here. So if you're not coming to have an experience with Jesus, you're coming for the wrong reason. Amen. You might say, I didn't know that's what I was supposed to come for. Just make the the adjustment. Oh, I can experience Jesus. Oh, yeah. Come on, when we were singing that first song, Breakthrough is Coming. Jesus made me a promise, and he won't stop now. Oh, listen, man, I've been standing on some promises, and this is the year. This is the year that it's turning around. This is the year that God's restoring some years. It's my confession of faith because Jesus is here. God's moving in the midst of GBC. Amen. And I'm going to see him move. I'm going to see him fill this church front to back, side to side, having multiple services. I'm going to see God move in such a way that this church becomes the talk of the town. I'm going to see this church be used in such a way that people are coming and lining up saying, I need to receive my healing. I hear that you're the kind of people that can get me in contact with God. Why? Because we're light. And we're bringing the life of who Jesus is to this world. Amen. But we've got to have a factory reset. Remember I said to you concerning the phones. The phones as simple or on the core of its simplicity is a phone. But we've allowed ourselves to get so busy and distracted with everything else that the phone provides. Isn't that what life has become as believers? We've become so busy. Too busy. Oh, praise the Lord. We're going to have to come back to this. But here's, here's the last thing that I'll bring to you. We'll come back to this. But in chapter 1, verse 51 of John, yes. Jesus ministers to Nathaniel. And he says, Nathaniel. First of all, Nathaniel says, is there anything that, that can, good that can come out of Israel? And then Jesus says to Nathaniel, he says, I saw you when Philip come and told you about me and you were sitting under the fig tree. And he says, you are the son of God. And he says, you believe this just because I said I saw you? He said, if this astonishes you, he says, you wait. The best is yet to come. 
This is what he says in verse 51. He says, and he said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, hereafter you shall see heaven open and angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. He says, you thought this was something spectacular. You thought this was enough to move you to begin to see who I was, to have your heart turn. He says, you haven't seen nothing yet. He says, you haven't seen nothing yet. He said, heaven's getting ready to open. And he said, all of heaven and the angelic host are coming to fall on the sons of men. Now, here's where we're at today. And this is where I'll close. We're living in an hour that God is saying, I want a heart that is surrendered to me. I want you to have a heart that's surrendered, that will have a factory reset, that will come back to the beginning and seek me. And he says now, here's what it looks like. All of heaven is waiting on you. But if you didn't know it, all of hell is waiting on you. I said all of hell is waiting on you. Oh, we talk about angels and those heavenly beings, but there's also demonic beings that are just waiting for you to make the wrong step and to give them access. And so here it is in this hour that we're living, and we're going to talk as to how this is important as the weeks go on. But as we're standing here, living life, doing life, Allowing distractions and busyness or purposing to pursue the plan of God for our life. As we're standing here, there is a lineup of angelic help. And then there's a lineup of demonic attack. And they're all just waiting. And whoever has access to my life is who I give permission to. Not God, not the devil, but me. And so God's wanting me to have a factory reset where I come to the very beginning of where my pursuit is for Him. And that the tangibility of who He is becomes so real and so tangible that nothing else matters. He's longing to have a people that will have a surrendered heart in this hour where nothing else matters. That if I have to delete the app, if I have to delete the activity, if I have to delete this, if I have to delete that friend, if I have to delete that family member, if I have to delete that habit, whatever, I'm willing to surrender all to Jesus. But it's not hard. I want you to hear that. It's not hard. Because he said, you've not seen nothing yet. He said, because heaven's open. Help is on the way. And you're not in this fight by yourself. The best is yet to come. Are you ready to surrender and live a life for Him? Amen. Let's stand. I hope you got something out of what I shared this morning. Because I don't think I preached hardly anything that was on my notes. I assure you, we're going somewhere with this message. But listen, 
There's things that God's been challenging me as a pastor, as a man, as a husband, as a father. It's sad sometimes because I make these professions in front of my wife at church and she's like, huh, I've been praying that God talk to you. It's about time. <laughs> I don't tell her until she hears it at church. But yes, God's been working on me as a husband, as a father. I need to surrender. And having a life that's surrendered for Jesus is the best life. Surrendering to Him is not giving up, but it's receiving all that He has in His best. It is a life that is full. It is the abundant life that Jesus came to give. It is the life that people long to have and envy others that have it. And it's available to you and I. He's just wanting us to have a surrendered heart and to pursue Him and have a factory reset of coming back to the simplicity of serving Him. Amen? Will you bow your head and close your eyes and let me just pray for you as we depart. Dear Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, I pray that you'll have used the words that were spoken today to at least speak to our hearts at some place. That God, you will make sense of it. You'll connect the dots as to what was trying to be said. Father, I pray that you would visit us in the affairs of our lives. You would visit us as we're driving down the road. You would visit us as we sleep at night. You would visit us as we wake in the morning. You would visit us in our recreation. God, you would visit us in this hour that there would be such an experience and an encounter with you that our hearts become so hungry that, God, we want to pursue you with a passion and that we'll surrender our lives 100%. This we ask in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Well, that's it. Is this the year where you're going to see some change? Is this the year where you'll see restoration in your family? Or is this the year where you're going to allow God to move in your life? We would love the opportunity to help you in that. If you would like more info or if you have any questions, we want to hear from you. You can contact us on our social media sites or directly through our website at gvchurch.tv. We are Genesee Valley Church. Loving God, loving people, loving life.